It's the Highline Bears podcast with Bill Willis. On this episode... We talk with Highline Bears co-founder Todd Coughlin about growing up in White Center, being the Bears' first year manager, and we hear a road story that ends victorious. As a kid, you know, just magical, just kind of mesmerizing about baseball under the lights. I was nervous about competing. I just didn't want us to become a, you know, a joke. I thought he fell in love with this, this gal at this club. Welcome to the Highland Bears podcast. I'm your host, Bill Willis. This is episode four. Today, we are joined by Highland Bears co-founder and White Center native, Todd Coughlin. Welcome, Todd. Thank you. Send us your comments and questions to the podcast crew. Email us using the address podcast at highlinebears.com. For this episode, we are recording at Max Triangle Pub on Delridge in White Center. We want to thank the staff, including owner Mac, for accommodating us today. Max Triangle Pub has drink specials, including Manny's Mondays and Well Wednesday. Plus, they have karaoke and game night. Their pub grub is good, too. I came in with my wife over the weekend and enjoyed some homemade chili topped with onions and cheese. Today, I have my sights set on a classic grilled cheese with tots. Todd, what are you having for lunch? I'm going to do the chili, but I love their loaded tots. Loaded tots. And their nachos are good, too, but I'm going to be good and do the chili. See, now, you're a loaded tots guy, and (laughs) what's funny is Justin is a stuffing guy. Well. (laughs) I see some some kind of correlation there. There you go. To see future specials and events, visit MaxTrianglePub.com or on their Facebook page, Max Triangle Pub. Todd, we're going to be talking about your history and ties to the Highline area. Um, can you expand and give us some of that um, background as far as uh, some of your earliest memories um, involving the area and possibly also old White Center Stadium? Sure. love to. I, I'm, a, I'm a Rat City kid. White Center, I grew up just about two blocks away from where we're at right now. Spent my whole youth there. Happy childhood. Kicked the can, wiffle ball. Uh, Played in the local little leagues, Southwest Little League, still exists now. Running around with buddies, and the, the center of, uh, of our life growing up was baseball. This was a baseball town, and it was all baseball all the time. The White Center Stadium, our community center, that was the, the, the core of the, uh, the, the hub of, of activity for White Center. I remember being really little and watching Eddie Fainer, King in his court, Pitching blindfolded, pitching from second base, uh, you know, behind his back. Four guys taking on nine guys and just destroying them. And thousands of people at the stadium lined up uh, both uh, below and behind the the fence, uh, the temporary fence they had put up for the event. So many great uh, ball players. I got to see uh, guys like Floyd Bannister, Jay Halverson, Kenny Knutson. The Campbells, Montgomerys, they're just uh, legendary ball players. Just some wonderful memories. I, I, I literally learned to play baseball from the shadows of the lights from the stadium. All of us little kids would uh, would go to field two, and we'd have just enough light from the from the, the shadow of the lights. We'd tape up something, a towel or socks or whatever the heck we could find if we didn't have a baseball. and. And we'd, we'd play out there, and we'd pretend we were the guys playing in the stadium. And it was a huge part of my childhood. And uh, virtually all my heroes when I was young were those guys playing in the stadium. It, it was the Kenny Knutsons and the Floyd Bannisters and Jay Helversons and guys like that. I looked up to them. They were, they were larger than life to me. 
and you know, I, I grew up on 20 at the. You, you could be in my front yard and you could hear the crowd at the stadium. It just drawing you to. Did, to go to the ballpark. So the lights were on. Oh yeah, it was a, crowd noise. Yeah, just the lights. There's something as a kid, you know, four, five, six, seven, just magical, just kind of mesmerizing about baseball under the lights. It was just, and I remember when I played little league. Even when I was eight, they'd schedule one game a season in that stadium, and oh my God, if you had that game, you didn't sleep the night before. <laughs> you were so excited about. It. I get to play at the stadium. I get to play in the stadium. We're, we're all my buddies. We're all my heroes. At, you know, so I was Ron Say or, you know, Floyd Bannister for a couple hours on Saturday, <laughs> once a year. What position did you play? Mostly third base. So you walk into the infield, and you're walking on the dirt that some of your heroes were walking in on. Did you see, you know, cleat marks that were still oh. left from the game prior? For us at the time, it was almost like a religious experience. I mean, it was, it was uh, just crazy to, to actually get to play on the same field that your heroes got to play on. And it was, when you're little, everything seems so much bigger and it's so magical. And, but you know what? I go to games today and I still get goosebumps. I still feel the same magic. No matter where I live, I'll always be from White Center and... Uh, and, and the surrounding area is, uh, it's a wonderful area, and it's, it's, I can't say enough good things about it. How often did you and your friends go to a game, and was it readily available just to, like, be able to go and see a game? Or were there any times that you said, you know what, I got no change in my pocket, but I, I still want to see a game? Even if I did have money, it was, uh, it was almost a certainty that none, my buddies didn't. So... Uh, there was at least some of us that didn't have enough money to get in. So we had sort of an uh, alternative entrance over by the restroom. Uh, we would jump the fence at times, and uh, I'm, I'm not 100% sure they didn't know we were doing it. <laughs> we thought we were being pretty sneaky, but, um, yeah, we, we would do whatever it took to get in. Virtually every weekend, something was going on. One of my favorite experiences was um, Evergreen and Kennedy High School. And, uh, we were rivals, still our rivals. And back then, the high school games were prime time, you know, Friday, Saturday nights. They packed the stadium, right? I'll never forget, Jay Helverson and Floyd Bannister were going toe-to-toe. And uh, there was tons of scouts there. They were just amazing pitchers. And uh, it was zero to zero. Both pitchers were just dominating the other team. Absolutely dominating. And I remember... Um, watching Floyd Bannister get up in the seventh inning. And he hit a ball into Astroland, left center field. That was our big playground, fast left field. Uh, but he, he hit this ball in left center field to win his own game, one to nothing. And I remember getting a lump in my throat, thinking, that is special. And, of course, he went on to have a great major league career and everything. But I'll never forget that feeling about, man, <laughs> That's, that's something else. You're one of the original founders of the Highline Bears. Fall of 2014, you're sitting in a room with Justin Moser, Russ Pritchard, and others, and you're talking about bringing baseball back to Highline. Tell us about that conversation. When uh, Justin approached a number of us about the idea, I was in. It's a passion of mine. I think baseball and White Center 
and the Highline area. It just it's a natural marriage. Bringing baseball back was an unbelievable dream, and I was all in from the very beginning. So Justin and I basically we we had to sell a number of other people on the idea that thought we were crazy, but eventually you know we kept talking. And one of the one of the main things that we decided at the very beginning, if we're going to do this thing, we want to do this the right way. It's not just about baseball. It's about the community. It's about the relationship between the players and the community. It's about bringing something magical back to the community. It's not just about baseball. Um, you know, there has to be ties to the community. There has to be ties to the, the, the nonprofits and uh, the things that are going on in the community. It's got to be something that really benefits both the players and the community. And I saw that vision and I, I embraced it. I, I, I believe that that's a, a very powerful thing. Um, we got some people on board and then, uh, you know, after a couple of days of twisting arms, we, uh, we decided we're going for this thing. And uh, I pulled every kind of connection and string I could in the community to hustle up money here and there. Justin did the same thing, Russ did the same thing. And before you know it, we had, uh, we had some partners uh, and we had uh, the things that we needed to do to, to, to start a first year pill team, you know, in terms of at least the, uh, the money. Of course, the county was another issue too. Both uh, Russ and Justin worked really hard with the county because of the availability of the stadium. Now they've seen all the, the nonprofit and all the community stuff that the Bears do, and they're on board, they're, they're partners. How was it the decision was made for you to become first year manager? So it kept getting mentioned. I've been coaching baseball for about 30 years, and I've basically won, um, won at every level. And um, I think. Uh, they eventually just broke me down because uh, they knew that I wasn't going to say no to anything they needed. I was all in. If it's bringing back baseball back to this community, I'm, I'm just all in. Now recruiting happens. Oh, yeah. No college knows who the Highland Bears are at this time. How aggressive, but also how convincing did you have to be and... Did you have any help to sit there and go after players and to try to convince coaches and players to come play with the Highland Bears? Yeah, I, I'll tell you, that was, uh, that was my traveling salesman uh, gig. I'll tell you, it was like a soap salesman thing. Because uh, I, I had a product I was selling that didn't exist, really. It was just an idea, right? Um, and I'm recruiting against established programs. I virtually spent every weekend in a hotel somewhere um, talking to college coaches, parents, players, and uh, it was a lot of work. We had a board at home with uh, hundreds, huge board, took up a whole wall, hundreds of names with different stars, uh, depending on you know the, the level of player in the Northwest, and we'd go out and, uh, and do what we can. Uh, Matt Stewart who's now uh, rejoining the Bears as a member of the coach, played pro ball last year in the Pecos League. Wonderful guy. Love Matt. He was my first my first guy I saw. We signed him at uh, the Kent Landing uh, or the Kent Station, uh, and it was like, wow, okay, one down. <laughs> it, was, it was easy from there on out. <laughs> well, um, and we just went out hustling, you know. I went out hustle Joey Gamash, and when I got Joey Gamash who's the first uh, 
Hall of Famer and the Bears player, uh, I got J.J. Pena with him because that's his best buddy. And, and uh, you know, we just, one by one, I just picked them off. And, with a little, and, and I'd get guys that maybe were a little off the radar. Colton Kelly is an example of that, right? His first year at Juco, he didn't get along with his coach. Uh, ends up in redshirting in his second year at Juco. Nobody knows who this guy is, right? And uh, Gabe's talking to me. He says, I, I know you're here for these guys. You know, Hayden Meyer, some, some real good players. He says, but I'm telling you, this Colton Kelly kid, that's the best kid that's ever played for me. De defensively, he's amazing. He's, 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 he's like he's a professional-level player defensively, and his stick's coming off, uh, and he's just tough as nails. And, I didn't even know who he was, but I, he wasn't on my board of all those hundreds of guys. But uh, he ended up being the heart and soul of that Bears 2015 team. He was an amazing ball player. First year manager, opening night, and you have your 25 players out there. What was opening night like for the first time Bears are taking the field? What was in the air? What did it feel like? Oh. It literally brought me back to just being a kid. It was just magic. And, and, and uh, I think part of it was the way the kids reacted to the players. Um, just like I reacted to those players when I was a kid. It was um, unbelievable. I was nervous because uh, I wasn't nervous about winning. I didn't think we were going to win many games. I was nervous about competing. I just didn't want us to become a, you know, a joke. But it was, the crowd was, was there with, you know, Buntley, the mascot, everything was, it was just, a, it was just, it was really a, a magical experience. And, um, you know, everything from the national anthem to the lights to, it was unbelievable. And it was, it was an amazing game. It was a 14 inning game. I had two pitchers, Joey Gamash, the Hall of Famer we already talked about, and Cookie, Travis Cook, who had, had pitched at Washington State University and was at Central. Uh, Joey had one hit allowed over the first seven innings, no runs. And Cookie pitched the next seven innings and didn't allow any hits and no runs. So we had 20 strikeouts between two pitchers and allowed one hit. And I didn't think the game was ever going to end. But in the 14th inning, Colton Kelly got up and he hit a ball and left center field right into the playground. And it was exactly like I mentioned earlier about Floyd Bannister. I had that same lump in my throat and it just took me back. I was a little kid watching Floyd Bannister win a game with a walk-off home run. And as he rounded out, rounded the bases and uh, ran by me, <laughs> he just looked at me and winked. I'll never forget it. It was, it was absolutely magic. One to nothing. One hit ball, 20 strikeouts, walk off home run, and baseball is back in White Center. And the love affair started from there on. Talk about that community involvement and the players' commitment to working with that community and the outreach programs. What are some of those memories that you can share with us? Yeah, so I gotta tell you, when it came to community service, I think I was naive. I'm love this community and I'm always wanting to do things for this community. I believed that the Bears should help the community. It didn't even occur to me that that community service would have such a big impact on the players. We did work you know, with the Kiwanis, we worked with uh, Educare, we worked with the Food Bank, we worked with, uh, we had a, a 
the Yes program? Oh, yeah, the Yes Foundation. Pat and Margo's group, a fantastic organization. PAL, Keith and Tony do a great job at PAL. All sorts of groups within the community. I guess shocked me the most, I don't know why it should be so shocking, is it had such a huge impact on the players. You could see the players sort of change their mentality about how they interacted with, with, the, uh, with the kids. I think, they, I think it was a powerful and growth experience for those players. You know what I'm most proud of? It's not being the only winning manager. Uh, it's not, and uh, Really what I'm most proud about is if you look at that 2015 team, almost every single one of those players right now is involved in a nonprofit organization wherever they live. I thought it was going to impact White Center. We're impacting Scottsdale, Arizona, Kansas, uh, Nebraska. We're, we're, we're influencing communities all over because of the impact that the program had on those young men. Five favorites. Okay, it's time for five favorites, and we're going to do a little bit of a different take on this with Todd. I ordered a grilled cheese on uh, sourdough, and it's good. It is. It's uh, tater tots and uh, sourdough bread with uh, grilled cheese. So I'm going to go ahead and take two tater tots, stuff them in my mouth, <laughs> and I'm going to do that after every question, okay? <laughs> You're a brave man. I, I, we'll see. No, no chewing on my part. Uh-oh. Okay. So the first question, favorite car? Uh, let's say Camaro. Camaro. Okay. Okay, two tater tots in my mouth. Okay. Bugs Bunny or Daffy Duck? Bugs Bunny. All right. Two more tater tots. Movie, comedy, or horror? Comedy. All right. Two more tater tots. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dog or cat? Dog. All Dog. The way. Okay. Here's the last two. Oh, my God. Okay. S'mores or ice cream? Ooh, I, I'm going to say, well, s'mores, s'mores, s'mores. Okay, s'mores. Okay, hold on. No way to look. Yeah. Okay, I just, <laughs> that's it for five favorites. I just took the tots out of my mouth. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so let's change the tempo a little bit. Let's talk about travel. <laughs> travel. What is a travel story or two <laughs> <laughs> that you might be able to share with us well, early, early in the season or are we talking late in the season? Well, let's just, there's all different kinds of managers. And uh, there's some guys that are, run a pretty tight ship. Um, and the Bears do things a lot different than when I was their manager. Now, let's just say I was not a real big uh, disciplinarian. I believed in kind of the play hard on the field, go have fun when you're not on the field. And uh, the 2015 team would like to uh, go out sometime to uh, entertainment clubs. Uh, and um, we had a reliever. It's always the relievers of the catchers, you know? They're always the... Uh, it's always the relievers. If there's a weird story, it's always going to be a catcher or a reliever. That's one thing about baseball. Almost always. Um, so anyway, I had a reliever that uh, literally thought he fell in love with this this gal at this club, this entertainer. <laughs> he was just in love. Her name is Violet, by the way. So this is in Kelowna, by the way. And uh, so we're up there in Kelowna. Um, and, he, you know, somehow he leaves this club with this big picture of her. And uh, I think it was autographed. And, oh, he was just, he was in love. So um, <laughs> next day we're, we're continuing the tournament. It, was, I, it might have been the first game. I don't even know who we played yet. 
anyway, he hangs the picture of Violet in the dugout. And so all the guys, when they decided they were dedicating the tournament to Violet. And every time they'd go up to on deck circle before, they'd tap up the bat on the Violet picture. <laughs> and we were winning this tournament for Violet. And we did win Kelowna. We won first place. And, I, and uh, uh, it was a money tournament. We needed the money, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a big thing for the Bears. Uh, uh, we dedicated it to Violet. And the funny thing is, we get home, and uh, the guys had a uh, kangaroo court meeting and uh, voted her the official, uh, let's just say, entertainer of the Highline Bears uh, and sent her a T-shirt and a hat. And she was nice enough to send us a picture back wearing the T-shirt and a hat. So... We do have an official entertainer of the Highline Bears and probably still in Kelowna. Who knows? So, so who has possession of that photo <laughs> with, with Violet in the T-shirt well, and hat? I don't know if I can say any names, but let's just say I'm sure that same reliever is uh, <laughs> probably still in love with her and still has the picture. That's a wrap for this week. We want to thank our guest, Highline Bears co-founder and White Center native Todd Coughlin. Join us for the next podcast when we sit down with Highline Bears Assistant General Manager Stephen Finch. We will talk with Stephen about his passion for the game, what he has planned for the Bears 2019 season, and what was Josh Evans really like as a player. You can reach the Highland Bears at their website, highlandbears.com, or on Twitter and Facebook, at Highline Bears. You can also email the Highline Bears using the address, info at highlandbears.com. Send us your comments and questions to the podcast crew. Email us using the address podcast at highlandbearers.com. Thank you for listening. May all your hits be dingers and be a good sport always. This was the Highline Bears podcast.